Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, another episode of Listener Questions. Uh, six different questions that have come in from various avenues. Thanks, sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, CompC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, and Panini Upper Deck and Tops. First question was from JY Sports Card Guy. He had a, several comments. He found me on YouTube, which I don't have much of a presence on YouTube. I post some episodes up there after the fact, just in case somebody is searching on that venue, but mainly an audio podcast guy. So, but his question is, how is your channel not huge? It's not huge because I don't market it and I'm retired and I don't push it. I put my episodes out there and I'm basically a word of mouth guy. So I'm very happy with that. If you ask me questions, I'll answer them, but I'm very happy with not having to maximize my circulation because I'm not in business. I'm just a, a retired guy enjoying uh, sharing some stories. So thanks, JY. Question two was uh, a comment about the episodes on the Baseball Card Hall of Fame that Ray and Mike and Victor are uh, stepping up this year with. And the question was, why can't people just nominate their own 10 cards? And that would be more fun. It would be more fun, but that's why Ray brought in Mike and Victor, because unless you narrow it down a little bit, it gets pretty unruly with everybody having 10 different cards that they think about. So to have some semifinalists, as pretty much all the Hall of Fames do, I think was a good decision. And uh, Mike in particular brought some technology to it to streamline the process. So you've got 40 to pick from, and they are welcoming nominations for next year that they will consider. Good question, JGA. 59. Question three was about the meaning of PC, your personal collection or your player collection, your private collection, what you hold near and dear. But actually, there's a split between collectors and investors. For investors, sometimes PC really means their portfolio collection. It's what they have, what they show, what they flex, what they brag about, but it's not necessarily uh, what they're going to keep. So what I like is the sense that PC should not just be your personal collection or your player collection, but I like it when it's your permanent collection. So that's the way I see my PC. If I've got some cards that are in my PC, it's going to be a very long while. I'd be very reluctant to sell cards that are part of my PC, private collection, player collection, and permanent collection. Question four was a, a follow-up to the market manipulatability one of the questions had to do with how that could really happen in a long-term way. In other words, how long could you prop up the market with your manipulation? I think that's what's problematic. <laughs> I'm not sure anybody or somebody, you'd have to be Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos. And, and why would they want to do that? To prop up a market and manipulate it for years and years. Uh, I don't think the market's been manipulated up in my lifetime, but there has been increasing interest. I, I don't call that manipulation. I call that interest. But if somebody wanted to inflate a certain player, uh, they'd have to do it for a long time. And then maybe after that, it would become accepted. But if it's not, you'd have to continue to prop up the market. And uh, that could get expensive as you're cornering the market or buying things at a higher price to make sure the price doesn't go down. Market manipulatability is short-term, very possible and likely, but long-term, perhaps not. Question five was uh, pushing back on some of my comments about gambling. 
and the hobby in some senses not being gambling. And my reference to paramutual uh, betting, table stakes in poker, when you're in a situation where all the money is put in and not all the money is distributed out, that is gambling. Unless you have some level of skill that allows you to have an edge in the uh, poker game, an edge in <laughs> inside knowledge or whatever in horse racing, which is another one. But a lot of those Las Vegas uh, games are, are set up to not give you opportunity to get much of an edge, at least against the house against other betters, perhaps you, there are other unintelligent betters, but even those kind of bets sometimes pay off. So paramutual means there's a rake off the top and then the rest is distributed. That is not what's happening with case and box breaks. The breakers are trying to set prices that allow them to make money, but they realize that a winning breaker, somebody that really gets fortunate and draws a great team, gets the, the case hit, they're going to do exceedingly well. If you do the math and you can see that perhaps the break is priced uh, too conservatively, it's not gambling to try to buy up all the slots or just buy the case and open it yourself. And that's why case prices have uh, increased. One of the reasons, because it's not perceived as gambling if you have a positive net expected value. I don't want to send everybody out to go crazy on that, but I'm in favor of analytics. If you can see that if one lottery ticket is a good deal, which it's not usually, but if one ticket would be a good deal, then two would be an even better deal. You're increasing your chances of winning. Last question of the six about the positives or negatives, the good or bad aspect of friction in the hobby. I think there's been a push, especially with artificial intelligence and other technology plays in the industry to reduce friction. There's some sense in some camps that's really good for the industry. Maybe good for the industry in one sense, but it's probably bad for the hobby in another sense. I think collectors enjoy the friction. Investors want less friction. They want to be able to trade and, and flip. The impatient flippers want less friction. They want to just be able to uh, buy something and be able to immediately sell it. And there are platforms that enable that, and I think those platforms are doing well. They would do well in an up market. The problem is when you have reduced friction, that's why things can go up very quickly, but things can go down very quickly. Big swings either way. Again, that's exciting, but I'm more of the slow and steady wins the race. Speaking of slow, another aspect of the friction that is problematic is the slowdown in grading. PSA is still no new submissions. BGS has just announced that as well. So with the slowdown in grading, that's absolutely friction and friction at the high end, unless PSA is still allowing for very expensive submissions and BGS perhaps would accept those too. If you're doing something with a very high submission price, again, you're trying to reduce the friction to be able to strike while the market is high. Again, I... The other aspect of friction that I haven't heard discussed is that anytime knowledge is required, that's a form of friction. In other words, if you're just focusing on one player, one card, you can get the knowledge, the comps pretty quickly. Again, less friction, less time, and you can strike quickly. On the other hand, if you're trying to have a broad-based understanding of the market, that required knowledge is friction. It takes time. You can't instantly jump in and pull the trigger really quickly. You might have to do some study, do some double-checking. That's friction. That, that takes time. The other aspect that's interesting about friction is if, if you're really studying the friction, then these dips and bumps, bump up or a dip down, those things are happening very quickly. And to be able to understand there is a contrarian philosophy. If everybody else is buying on the dip, you might want to buy on the bump. If something goes up a little bit, and there are stock pickers that think if something went up a little bit, it's it's probably on the rise. You don't need to ride that. So finally, just liquidity is really a good thing in our industry, that people can sell cards and get money. Too much liquidity, if something is too prevalent, 
that can be bad, as we've seen from the Michael Jordan rookie cards, is that when the price got way up there, so many of them came out in the interest, perhaps, of people that have had them for a long time at a lower price, we're going to cash out, and that drives the price down. So don't be surprised. Now, once the equilibrium is is uh, reached again, then we'll see where the price lands. This is an aspect of friction. With If there were more friction, there would be less movement. With low friction, we're going to see a wild swing. Some of you are excited about that. And I, I agree, it's exciting when things go up really fast, but be careful what you uh, wish for. So friction can be your friend in slowing you down and allowing you to consider. Less friction can be your friend if you're in a hurry to uh, try to make a lot of money by a lot of flipping. So again, thanks everybody. Be back again on Monday with another episode.